You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today we're going to talk about dealing with depression. Because depression affects so many people and can tend to be even worse during the holiday season. Some of you listening may be depressed as a result of something that happened in your life. Others may have chronic depression and not be able to pin it on any one thing. And some may be depressed and not even realize that you're depressed. Depression is a worldwide epidemic. The Mayo Clinic says that depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression, it affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. You may have trouble doing normal day-to-day activities, and sometimes you may feel as if life isn't worth living. Medical science attributes some depressive disorders to chemical imbalance in the brain, but this leads to the question, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What if it's actual depression that causes the chemical imbalance rather than the chemical imbalance that causes depression? Now, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I do know that what we eat, our environment, our emotions, our thoughts, our beliefs, our relationships, our jobs, our addictions, attitudes, and many other circumstances affect the way we feel. And the way we feel can influence our brain and body chemistry. It's way too easy to believe that your body's doing this to you rather than you doing this to your body. So in this episode, I'm not going to focus on the brain chemistry behind depression, but rather the environmental and circumstantial reasons we become depressed and what we can do about it. Johan Hari, a journalist and author of the book Lost Connections, Uncovering the Real Causes of Depression and the Unexpected Solutions, sought to find the reason so many people are depressed. Hari suffered from depression himself and started taking antidepressant medications at the age of 18. He tells us in his book, The primary cause of all this rising depression and anxiety is not in our heads. It is, I discovered, largely in the world and the way we're living in it. I learned there are at least nine proven causes of depression and anxiety. The primary reason that Hari found that people are depressed has to do with disconnection. Hari interviews dozens of social scientists around the world who have studied various aspects of depression and unhappiness. He concludes that what causes these conditions most of all is a lack of what we need to be happy, including 
the need to belong to a group, the need to be valued by other people, the need to feel like we're good at something, and the need to feel like our future is secure. According to Hari, the primary factors that cause depression are disconnection from work that gives meaning and purpose to your life, disconnection from people, feeling profoundly lonely, not sharing any meaningful experience with any other people, disconnection from meaningful values, focusing on materialism and doing things purely for extrinsic rewards instead of intrinsic reward. Disconnection caused by childhood trauma. For every traumatic experience you go through as a child, it significantly increases the likelihood of a later diagnosis of depression. Disconnection from respect. Modern life cultivates the view that status, celebrity, and wealth are what denote success, and anxiety over the loss of financial security and status are often underlying causes of stress in people. Disconnection from the natural world. Animals in nature are naturally connected to the natural world, but if you bring animals into captivity, they change. They lose their interest in sex. So it's really hard to breed animals in captivity. We also see other compulsive and depressive behaviors they don't exhibit in the wild. And we are animals. We need to be outdoors. Rates of depression when exercising in the natural world and spending time outdoors all reduce in comparison to time we spend outside. So we often feel more alive when outdoors in nature, more grounded. Another cause of depression is disconnection from loss of hope for a better future. In Harry's research, it's clear that the primary reason for depression in Western society is disconnection. Depression causes us to want to isolate, and we don't feel very energetic or enthusiastic about life. It can feel like All the colors drained out of life. It can feel very lonely. We can get lost in an experience of grief and sadness. We can feel our life is meaningless and there's no real purpose. We can feel unsupported, unloved, and unwanted in our life. It can feel like we've reached a dead end and there's no place left to go. We can feel stuck. We can feel lost. We can even lose our ability to function in life. With low-level depression, we can continue to function in life and go through the motions but feel a sense of hopelessness and lack of motivation or enthusiasm for life. We can feel tired and drained, lacking in vitality. When we're in these states of depression, it can be really difficult to name what's going on. We might say, I feel depressed, or might not even recognize that what we feel is depression. 
It might feel more like you're living your life in black and white. When you reach levels of severe depression, you may even feel suicidal. You may develop a dependency on drugs or alcohol or food. You may do nothing other than to go to work, come home, eat, watch TV, or be on the computer until bedtime, and then attempt to sleep. Many of my clients find themselves depressed after their breakup with a primary partner. And any breakup can be depressing. The main reason is that we lose a primary source of connection. So whether that partner is a normal person, is an addict, has a personality disorder like narcissism, that person's still been a primary source of connection. And a lot of people will stay in a bad relationship because they don't want to lose that primary source of connection. When you build your life around a significant other and suddenly that person is gone, whether it be through death or separation, you have to adjust to the new normal, which is going from two back to one. And when we find ourselves alone after having a partnership with another person, it's important to self-partner and foster a healthy, nourishing relationship with yourself. Although self-love is important, and I focus on this a lot in my teachings, we're also social creatures and we need connection with each other. Not just occasional connection, but we need to have a social structure around us, a support structure. And this social structure is missing for so many people. Our social structure gives us our sense of belonging. And when we are partnered, we usually have a sense of belonging to that partner. If we have a family, we may have a sense of belonging in that family. You may even feel a sense of belonging to a church or a group of some sort. Many people are estranged from family due to childhood trauma, and this disconnection carries into their other relationships. One can attempt to get out and be around people, but the aching loneliness within is not so easily appeased. Being around people alone isn't enough. We need to truly know how to connect to each other and our society has bred an incredible amount of disconnection. We plug into social media, the internet, our phones, and we unplug from each other. Have you ever witnessed a group of teenagers all sitting around a table together, but they aren't interacting with each other? They're all on their phones. Have you been to a restaurant and witnessed a couple who were having dinner together, but instead of talking to each other, they were on their phones? In the past two decades, we've become more and more socially isolated. And that internet addiction is huge. When we plug in to the current system and unplug from ourselves and from each other, We have a problem. Social media is a part of that problem. Social media gives people a platform in which to share only what they perceive 
to be the best parts of themselves or what they think people will accept or approve in them. And then people get into this comparison game. They compare their real life with someone else's fake life. Because most of what we post on social media doesn't tell the whole story. Granted, there are a few YouTubers and posters who will tell all, but the majority portray a false sense of happiness online to cover up the emptiness that they're feeling on the inside. Is it any wonder that we're living in a society that is largely sick and depressed? We're living in a society that is disconnected, only like the proverbial frog that is put in tepid water and slowly heated before he realizes that he's been cooked, the temperature is being turned up so slowly on our disconnect that we aren't aware of what is happening. Our depression is a symptom. It's a symptom of a much larger problem, not just our personal problem, but a societal problem. People have forgotten how to communicate with each other, or they never really learned. They've forgotten how to really look into each other's eyes, to touch each other, to talk about things that are truly meaningful. The narcissism of our society is at an all-time high. It isn't just that we are becoming more aware of narcissism. It's that narcissism is also a symptom of a societal problem. Narcissism is the ultimate disconnect. Alexander Lowen, the author of the book Narcissism, tells us that the true cause of narcissism is denial of one's own feelings. And there is a strong disconnect there, disconnecting from one's emotional life. When one is disconnected from their own feeling selves, they're also disconnected from the feelings of others. And when they're disconnected from the feelings of others, they easily dismiss the feelings of others. How many of us have grown up in narcissistic or addicted families where our feelings were completely discounted? How many of us felt completely disconnected from our family of origin? And how many of us continued to get involved in relationships as adults where we felt disconnected from our partners? We hunger for connection. We hunger to belong. We hunger to feel important to others, to matter. We also hunger to have meaning in our lives, to work jobs that are fulfilling and give us a sense of purpose. But many people are just slaves to a system where they don't really matter as a person. They're a number or a name without a face. People have become disposable and dispensable. We may be afraid to express our grievances for fear of being dismissed from our jobs, our source of income, which is tied to our survival. We often stay in work situations that are death to our souls because we need the income for our very survival. And many people find themselves without an income and wonder 
how they will survive. I had one client who was living in her car because her narcissistic boyfriend kicked her out after she lost her job. Kicked her when she was down. She had nowhere to go, no family or close friends, and now had no address, which made it very difficult to find a new job. Since I work in the field of narcissistic abuse, I often see situations where a stay-at-home mother can't leave an abusive partner because she doesn't know how she will survive. Often these women are estranged from their families as a result of childhood trauma, and they don't have close friends. Because their narcissistic husbands made having outside relationships very difficult for them. So many people don't have communities that will come to their aid when they are in need. We live in a narcissistic society that has become about every man for himself or every woman for herself. Our narcissistic society has placed much more importance on our ability to make a great income and surround ourselves with material possessions than it does on being honest and true to ourselves and to each other and living an authentic life that is in alignment with our core values. Disconnection from nature is another issue that Hari talks about as a cause of depression. Many people live in cities, concrete jungles, where there's little, if any, connection to nature. Getting into nature helps us to connect with our inner nature and our deepest spirituality. But as a whole, this has become much less important. We also disconnect from nature through our consumption of unhealthy processed foods that have been denatured and our brutal enslavement of animals that we use for food further disconnects us. We can easily walk into a supermarket and pick out a cut of meat without ever making the connection as to how that meat got into this neat, tidy little package. There are so many ways that we disconnect from nature. That could be an entirely separate episode. With issues of overpopulation, global warming, destruction of our land masses, pollution of our air, water, and food supplies, high rates of cancer, heart disease, obesity, and autoimmune diseases, it can be difficult to have a lot of hope for the future, which is another cause of depression. So in looking at the big picture, our depression is opening our eyes to a need for major change in our lives. We can't just slip back into the societal norm and be happy and content with our lives because there's something really sick and dysfunctional about the societal norm. The key to our healing is to create a new norm. We can begin by putting our phones down, shutting them off, shut off our televisions and computers, and taking a walk outside. Breathe the fresh air and listen to the birds. Unplug from being online and get offline, out into nature and with other people. 
The second thing we can do is call a friend or make a friend and spend some time together without your phones. Just talking about things that really matter to you. If you're in a relationship, make phone-free dates and spend time just connecting without the media. Host a support group in your home where people can gather and talk about their feelings and challenges. Practice really listening to each other and really sharing from the heart. Practice being vulnerable. Host a healthy food dinner party, potluck, or dinner with a friend, centering the evening around foods that truly nourish the body while having conversation that nourishes the soul. Join meetup groups that are about connecting with each other and with nature. Take up exercise and get the blood pumping through your veins and the oxygen into your lungs. Whether you hike, run, do yoga, dance class, the gym, or any other form of exercise, it doesn't matter. However, if you can get out into nature at least once a week, that would be a plus. Get support from a therapist, a coach, or a good friend where you can establish a safe place to share your feelings and concerns. Talking about how you feel and really being heard can make a huge difference in how you feel. Be there for others. If you find that you're really self-absorbed, try getting out of yourself and doing something to serve others. Volunteer your time. Work a job that serves others and focus on helping other people. Helping others is a proven way to take your mind off your own problems. Change your diet to a healthy, whole food, plant-based, organic diet. The fewer chemicals you put in your body, the better you're going to feel. And whole plant foods will also help to raise your vibration and heal your body. Spend time with animals. Whether you spend time with a pet you already have or get a pet, animals give us someone to love and be loved by, especially dogs, because they are so unconditionally loving. If you're deeply traumatized and have trouble connecting with other people, try connecting with animals first. Seek out work that is meaningful to you and work environments that are healthy and respectful. Work on respecting yourself and living by your own values, beliefs, and code of ethics. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Practice some form of spirituality. Now, you don't have to be religious to be spiritual. A spiritual practice, such as meditation, helps you to connect more deeply with your inner self and a higher power, which can give you a deeper sense of wholeness. Exploring your creativity can help you to connect more deeply with yourself. So whether you like art, music, dance, writing, or some other form of creativity, use it as an avenue to express your deeper self. Write a paper on your ideal life to help you to get in touch with what you really want in your life. Get real. Be authentic. If money was no issue for you, What would you do with your life? Where would you live? What kind of people would be in your life? 
How would you be expressing yourself? How would you contribute to humanity? What would love look like for you? Give yourself permission to write all of this out. And as you do, really imagine a future where you could feel really deeply connected to life and to others. Our imagination is powerful. I know this from the power of hypnosis. Our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. So give yourself permission to imagine the best life for yourself. If you are sick or lonely or jobless or overweight or depressed, imagine a life where you are not these things. What would it look like? If your routine isn't serving you, interrupt it and do something different. Our routines can keep us stuck in a rut. So change it up. Be bold. Be courageous. It doesn't take a lot of energy to do something different, even if it's just a small thing, like shopping at a different store or walking in a different park or eating a different kind of meal or spending time with a different kind of person. Changing your routine can create new neural pathways in the brain that bring about a different experience. If you wake up every morning and turn on your phone to check your messages or email or latest news, try keeping your phone off and create a new morning routine. How you begin your day really matters. I don't turn my phone on until having finished my morning routine. And my morning routine is all about self-care. There's no magic bullet or pill that's going to take away our depression. But remember that in Hari's study, most of the reason people are depressed have to do with disconnection. So the obvious antidote is to figure out how you are disconnected and work towards healing that disconnect. Dr. Judy Rosenberg, the author of Be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect, goes deeper into our core wounds and beliefs that keep us disconnected from each other. This is also the real focus of my work with people. Sometimes the trauma from our past is so deeply ingrained that we're truly afraid to connect with others. So we put up walls and we have these defenses that keep us safe in our own little isolated worlds, virtual worlds at that. Healing those core wounds and beliefs can be an important part of the journey from depression to true self-expression. Before we can really feel safe connecting with others, we need to believe that we are worthy of love and attention. We need to believe that we matter and are deserving of respect and consideration. We need to believe that we have something of value to contribute to the world. Whether you seek out a therapist or coach to work on these core issues or you embark on a path of self-healing, do begin this journey if you haven't already. Meanwhile, if you are feeling depressed, practice some of the suggestions I've made and see what happens. One sure way of remaining depressed is to keep doing the same things you have been doing. To get out of depression, change it up. I just watched a movie based on a true story about an overweight, depressed woman who was underemployed and hated her life. 
she decided to start running, which led her to a decision to run a marathon. Just the decision to run a marathon changed her life, and everything began to shift for her. She started to have more confidence in herself. She lost weight. She started connecting with people again. And it took some time. She had to overcome some obstacles. But the important thing is she decided to take action and do something different. And that one action changed her reality. So take just one action today. Make a decision. Don't wait until you are no longer depressed to take action. Take action and you may find that you're no longer depressed. I want to thank you for listening today. And for more information on my work, please visit my website, NarcissismFree.com. And I am now offering a free 15-minute consultation. So if you're considering doing some therapy, coaching, hypnotherapy, come to my website and get a, a free initial consultation. And we can talk about a course of action for you. Once again, thank you for listening. And have a great day.